Welcome to the first episode from Bobby and Brian. This is the Tech Sales Show. I'm Bobby Doss. I'm Brian Evans. And we are doing our best to help all of you listeners become better sellers. Brian, what are we doing here by making others better sellers? Yeah, doing what we love most, uh, which is coaching. It's mentoring. It's something that you and I have been passionate about for uh, years now. And to do that, we're making a platform. We're going to create this podcast as the starting point. We're going to have a Twitter account where we tweet. We have a Facebook page. We have a website, www.bobbyandbrian.com. And through those mechanisms, we're going to share our experiences, our ideas, and interview other tech sellers to get their ideas and thoughts to share with you ways to become a better seller and hopefully sell more stuff. Yeah. You and I have worked together in some capacity now. We were just talking about it off air for uh, coming up on 12, 13 years. And um, it's been a very fulfilling industry for us both. It's helped us pursue some interesting and fun hobbies over the years. We've been able to make some uh, good friends, meet some interesting people. It's given us the opportunity to um, to really grow as people and professionals over the years. So uh, this is really going to be heavily focused on enterprise sales. And uh, how would you, what buckets would you put enterprise sales? How would you characterize enterprise sales? Yeah, hopefully, well, some of some of you listening, this might be second nature to you, yep. but there might be new sellers and f- other friends and family that don't know what that is. So enterprise sales to us is people selling to organizations, both commercial, public, private, enterprise, big accounts, small accounts that are doing some investing in technology to make their business better, to have a competitive advantage. They are doing something with their money to buy and invest in technology solutions to increase their profitability. That's who we're targeting. We're not targeting people, small businesses, somebody who might need one or two computers that that are doing that because they have to do that to have email, a web page, et cetera, but they're not making large investments to, to do things differently in their business. That's how I would enterprise the sellers and the enterprise sales that we're talking about. Yeah, and it could be, uh, it could be products, uh, like you said. It could be uh, high-end uh, server equipment. It could be uh, high-end software, such as a CRM, which is customer relationship management software, ERP software. Uh, it could be ticketing software. Um, it could also be consulting. You and I have both sold consulting services over the years too. So it could be uh, for those sellers that are uh, selling the services for the products that are being sold uh, by way of these other vendors. So sure. we'll be covering a pretty uh, wide gamut. Yeah, almost all technology. Yeah. Uh, the company I work for today, we sell a whole lot of hardware, and hardware is, a yeah. still, hardware is where all computers run. Yep. And you'll see us talk about hardware, software, services, cloud, all kinds of things are going to be discussed in this. Why don't we share a little bit about ourselves? So Great. who are you? What's, what's important to you outside of work? Let's start with family and hobbies. Tell us a little bit about Brian Evans. Uh, I'm an expat. Uh, which was a new term for me, but it's an expatriate. I, I was born and raised in North Texas in the U.S., and uh, I have since relocated for a couple years. It'll be almost three years that uh, I'll be living in London, actually right outside of London in a small town where we are today in a suburb of London called Windsor. Uh, so hobbies for me, I've got my family here. I've got my wife and my two kids here. Hobbies for us are traveling every month. We're traveling across Europe, seeing all a bunch of beautiful new sites. So that's been fantastic. We love to have you guys over and other friends and family over. Um, and also when I'm not traveling, actually, even when I am traveling, I love to, uh, swim, bike and run. So every, 
free moment I get outside of work and spending time with family and traveling, I'm swimming, biking, and running. So he's not just doing that on small scale. You have done a number of triathlons. I think the last number I heard was over 25. And you've done some big ones. When was the last big one? And tell us a little bit about that big one. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a I'm not not uh, proclaiming to be fast or anything, but I do a lot of them and I really enjoy it. Uh, the most recent large one I did was uh, the Boulder, Colorado Ironman. Uh, so that was actually the same month that I moved to London. So that was <laughs> earlier this year. That was quite a busy, quite a busy time. One uh, of those two things wasn't scheduled when the other one happened. I'm no, going to no, oh my gosh, my wife would have shot me. Okay, yeah. so an Ironman, just in case people don't know, real quick, what is it? Yeah, it's 2.4 mile swim. In a pool? In a lake. <laughs> uh, 2.4 mile swim in a lake. Uh, then it's 112 on the bike. And then it's a marathon. And you do that over multiple days. Yeah, you do that over one day. <laughs> one day straight. Multiple hours. Wow, that? I knew that. I just want to make sure our <laughs> listeners knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's fun. I enjoy it. You and I have run together for uh, for years now. In fact, ran my second half marathon with you. It was both when we both first got into this several years ago. Yeah, and we both ran our first full together in, we Austin. Did. Yeah, in the, Austin. The hilliest place we could find. Um, yeah. So tell me about you, Bobby. Yep. What are your hobbies? What do you enjoy doing? So I do like to bike, swim, and run. I do yep. more of the sprint triathlons. That's about an eighth of an Ironman. <laughs> and I do all those in the same day as well. Um, but at a smaller scale, same workload, same work. It's just different amounts of each of those, those activities. But my number one hobby is, and has been for many, many years, is golf. I play a lot of golf. Um, I wasn't always good. I'm still not great, but I have worked hard over the last five to seven years. I was surprised. We, you and I talked about this not too long ago, and we, you and I played. It's probably been five years ago, at least. You made like a 200 foot putt. I did. I did make a 200 foot putt. It was long. It was. It was strong. That was a highlight of my. I retired little, after that. A little bit of luck. And you were a good golfer. I mean, you beat. Me and our buddy Jonathan. I think he beat Jonathan. Oh, I'm sure I always beat Jonathan. I always beat Jonathan. He's always beat Jonathan. Yeah. But, but you you were a good golfer. You beat us. But good golfer back then. Yeah. I was an 18-ish. Yeah. Now I'm a 2-ish. Strong. Um, it's, it's a lot better. Yeah. I don't win a lot of money because there's a lot of sandbaggers out there. But I do love it. And I spend yeah. a lot of time to get to that point. And I'm going to spend a lot more time if I want to get better than that. But uh, close second lately has been flying over the last three years. I've got my private pilot's license. I've got my instrument rating. I've done a lot in an airplane and I hope to continue to do that to pass That's a rich man's sport. buddy. <laughs> well, it's not cheap, um, but I do love it. And I hope to pass that on to many people. Like I'm going to pass on some of this tech sales stuff. That's, uh, that's obviously outside of my family and the work that I do both hobbies of mine. My family's in your guest house right now, not a poor man's home by the way. <laughs> and, um, I love traveling with them as well. We were in Paris the week before Christmas. We were celebrating New Year's with you guys at your house, and they mean the world to me as well. Okay. So we've talked family. We've talked hobbies, the fun stuff. Let's talk about more fun stuff, and give me your vocal resume, like a little bit about your history, not, not every little detail, but tell me a little bit about your work history for the listeners. Uh, I've done. I've spent more time at vendors than I have selling consulting services. So working for the software vendor has been where I spent a majority of my time. So that's, uh, that was with, uh, Microsoft and then a very large ERP company that I'm currently with today. Um, so with the vendors, I've been both a manager, I've been an individual contributor. So I've been like an account executive with a territory and, and 
customers and prospects that I pursue and run pursuits team for. That's my passion. That's what I love to do. Um, and I've managed those teams before too. I enjoy that too. I don't love it all the time, but I enjoy that. Um, and then that's, so that's more on the kind of the vendor side of the house. And again, that's probably where I've spent 80% of my career. And the other 20% has been on the services side of things. And you and I have done that together. Actually, we've been on the vendor side together too. Correct. So uh, I started off in consulting services with my own business uh, 20 years ago or so. And, um, uh, and there I sold consulting services to kind of smaller type businesses. And, uh, and then where you and I work, we sold consulting services to companies as large as Fortune 1000, Fortune 500, actually, in your market case, yep. too. So, yeah, that's a bit about what I've done. How about you? So uh, my technology career actually started in a patrol car. So twenty, almost 20 years ago now. Well, 20 years ago, I was a police officer yep. patrolling the streets of West Houston and catching bad guys and saving the world. I was a young 20-something man and uh, was very passionate about that job. We just started putting computers in the car. We actually put something in the car called Citrix. It's a big software label that we'll probably talk more about in the future. And that got me the opportunity to join a small Citrix partner, a consulting firm. And I started at the ground floor, ended up running a large segment of that business before leaving it five years later to join Microsoft. And at Microsoft, I met you. You were one of our top partners in the DFW area. You joined I don't know if it was directly my team. It was partially my team. It was, I wasn't the manager at the time, but it was, we were on the same team. Yep. And from there, we worked together probably four full years before I left there and uh, joined the biggest private technology company. Uh, well, no, sorry. I then went to SparkM. You joined me at SparkM. Yep. We both built big businesses for SparkM in Houston and Dallas. Um, I left abruptly in October, September of 2000 and. 13, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. And as I mentioned, family's important. I, I had great partners like you as well who took care of me and let me leave the business. I took a, a quite a bit of time off, six months uh, off, nine months total in time with my wife and kids to get her back. She's back to 100%. And That's great. then I joined the largest private technology company in uh, EMC and now Dell EMC and uh, sell to enterprise accounts in the Houston market. I have nine accounts today. So I'm an individual contributor. I have both ran small offices. I've been a manager. I love selling to customers primarily because I like to see a customer be more successful with my stuff. I love to see a customer be excited. Um, there's a lot of good that comes with that, but most importantly, I'd like to see the customers get excited. So fantastic. I would both say, or I would say we both have a lot of technology sales experience. Uh, you mentioned a few things, and I had a couple questions in my head. We're going to go to a question section in a second. But one question that popped in my head was you said something about selling different size things when we were talking enterprise sales and customers and stuff. Give me a big deal you've sold and a small deal you've sold. Like what, if someone's listening, are they only talking to the people that have sold to Fortune 100, and they should stop listening if they today are selling to small businesses, mid-market, Fortune 200 employees, yeah. 500 employees. Yeah. Give us an example of a big deal and a middle and a small deal for us. Yeah, so a small deal would be in my uh, my soft choice days where we basically resold products. And those products could have been consulting services. It could have been software. It could have been hardware. And it could be something as small as a laptop to a small, well, I wouldn't say small company, but a mid-sized company 
for us, midsize is typically a few hundred employees. Okay. That probably would have been on the low end. But you were hoping to sell them more than one. Of but course. yes, you might have taken over for one. Sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that certainly is not solving any sort of you know, quota implications sure. selling one. But yeah, it was a it was a foot in the door. And that was twelve years ago. And uh, today we're selling uh, ERP cloud ERP solutions to medium size and very, very large companies. And the ticket on those could be many, many millions of dollars per year. Okay. Yeah. How about and likewise, you? yeah. I mean yeah. I um trying to get an end of year done in the four million dollar range. Yep. Um double digit millions for the half for sure. I think a small deal, again, I think two days of consulting to get my foot in the door somewhere was at one point an important deal to me. Um, I've also probably taken an order on some CDs to fulfill some software, right? (laughs) But it wasn't the only thing I was doing. It was towards a greater good. So with that being cleared up, if you sell tech, keep listening, listen to the future episodes. And let's go through a little bit of a question and answer time with Bobby and Brian. So okay. we put these together. You know about the first few for sure. Yep. But let's do a rapid fire segment, and then you can do a rapid fire segment for me. But uh, I'll do the, I'll do the six rapid fire questions. Then you can do them with me. Okay. So what is your favorite holiday? It's the season we are just finishing today, uh, the Thanksgiving through New Year's. But if, if I was forced to pick one, it would be uh, Christmas. Christmas Day. Yeah, Christmas right. Day. And that is, you are forced to pick one. So yep. what is the best advice that you consistently give to your kids? Um, it's delayed gratification. I've got a 10-year-old son, a 10-year-old daughter and a son that just turned 13 years old. And it's about delayed gratification, whether it's doing your homework before you go play outside or uh, working hard on a project and not doing it at the last minute. It's all about that. Good advice. What is your proudest work accomplishment? Um, manager of the year for Microsoft. Congrats. Thank you. Who was your manager before that? It was you. Okay. I didn't win the award, so I obviously wasn't doing as good as him. But we did a lot of drive. We were talking about that not before last. We were doing a a lot of coaching ahead of that. So I appreciate all of that. What was your proudest personal accomplishment? It was the Boulder Ironman. Boulder Ironman. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Tell me one. Aside from like kids being born. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I won't tell your wife. That's That's okay. Tell me one item that's still on your bucket list. Uh, one item that's on the bucket list. Uh, so, yeah, you could probably consider this a bucket list thing. Um, I've always wanted to work on a ranch over the course of a summer. Okay. That would be interesting. <laughs> if I ever buy a ranch, I'll call you. Yeah. And then finally, what's your most embarrassing moment at work? Um, well, it was when I'd say the easiest one is when you were my manager um, at, at, uh, at our time at a very large software vendor. And, uh, I don't know why he doesn't say company names. It was Microsoft. It was Microsoft. And, uh, so it was, it was like the last day of the quarter or last day of the half or something. I don't remember what time of year it was, but we had had a company, uh, in the Dallas Fort Worth area that made a commitment to sign a contract with us on a certain date or by a certain date, I should say. And they, the date kept missing and missing and missing. And it was the idea of one of our, uh, senior leaders that I go to their office and I don't leave until we have signed paperwork from that customer. So at uh, the behest of my best judgment, I drove up and sat in their parking lot and I kind of took that as I'm here at their office and I let the, let the, the, the prospect of time know that I was there at the office to answer any questions that they might have about our contract, which 
did not lead to signatures, Bobby. Believe it or not. I've heard this tactic not, before. I've never heard the success of this tactic. Not a good sales strategy, uh, but I was young in my career and I probably didn't do a good enough job pushing back on the strategy. And just so everybody's clear, that person, no, no, super no, superior you. leader, wasn't, wasn't your you. current manager. No, wasn't no, no, okay. it wasn't you. It wasn't you. No, but the three of us were sitting at a lunch table. I remember that distinctly uh, when we were, we were talking it through. Uh, but yeah, we were both young then. And uh, yeah, it didn't work out the way. In fact, it uh, went wildly wrong. Yes, I do remember. <laughs> because uh, that leader then called our vice president. I don't know how she had her phone number or cell phone number and said that uh, he better go. Or there could be yeah. problems. Yeah. <laughs> Not the outcome we were searching for. the for outcome. Sure. Although it did get signed four business days later. Yeah. Within and, the year, by the way. Yes. Within the year. And I believe... The note that I got from that same leader was good job. It was, was good job. It was two words. Ten million dollar over three year contract, yeah. and I got good job. But that's pretty funny. I don't know that it's embarrassing, but it's pretty funny. So your turn. I'll, I'll listen to your questions. Uh, favorite holiday. This is going to sound crazy. I love a lot of them, but okay. April Fools has traditionally been my favorite I didn't holiday. Know this about you and. Uh, I could tell story after story, but let's just say that in the Doss household, I am banned from ever doing April Fool's again. It goes back to the quick one I'll share. When I was a cop, I made a phone call home. I worked nights. Oh my my wife worked days. Might have told her I was in a shooting. Asked her what the date was when I was filling out some paperwork. I got a few expletives and a hang up, and that was that was it's fun for me. <laughs> but uh, I love April Fools. I don't trick anybody anymore because bad things happen. Obviously, Christmas for the holidays is a great one, but I, I love the surprise of fooling someone on April Fool's. Love it. Best advice uh, that you've given your kids? For me, it's about living life. My wife and I had a pretty good scare three years ago when she was diagnosed, and all the hard work I had done, all that I thought we were accumulating, all that I was trying to accomplish, really was for naught without her. And we could all be hit by a bus tomorrow. Anything could happen. Um I tell my kids every day, live life. Don't get hung up and held up on the small stuff. Life's tough. It's going to be tough. It's always going to be tough. Enjoy what you have. Take those moments in. With cell phones and things today, half of what we see, we walk by. Um, true story. It's a little bit about the money. I'm a frugal guy at times, but no SIM cards in my kids' phones because I don't want them looking at their phones and not the Eiffel Tower. We're going to walk into a castle tomorrow that's been around for hundreds of years. I don't want them looking at their cell phone. They need to live their life today. Yeah. Tomorrow's no guarantee. It's great. Love it. Proudest work accomplishment. Man, I, there's a lot of them. Um, I would have to say making good decisions. And that might sound stupid, but I can't think of a time where I made a decision that truly wasn't fair to someone else or yep. myself or my family Good or my employees. Um, they've not always been easy. There's been some greedy moments where I could have pounced on something and I didn't, but I'm, I'm proud that I've really had a, a chin up career and don't look back and say, man, that was dirty. I shouldn't have done that. Whether it was for a customer, um, partner, employee, myself or the company, I don't think I've ever done anything that I could say I really shouldn't have done that. Taking, yeah. Taking it away. That's great. Love that one. Love it. Uh, proudest personal accomplishment. I don't know if all these are going to make me sound like I'm not that proud of things, but for me, <laughs> for many years I used tobacco. And before I turned 40, I committed I was going to quit smoking. I hated that I smoked and dipped and whatever else in front of my kids as long as I did. But I quit September 17th, 
2012. Yeah. Wow, it's been that long. It was just five years ago. Five years was my last anniversary. Yeah. And I feel so much better. It started the running. It started the tries. And I never look back. And people that don't think they can quit, you can quit. Chantix saved my life. It's not for everyone. If you want to support us, Chantix, let me know. We'll, we'll put you up as a sponsor. But uh, I did quit, and it's the proudest thing of, that I've ever done. Yeah. That's a great one. Uh, one item that's on your bucket list. This one I knew was coming, and I still don't know that I have one that I want to share. I, and I, I don't want to sound um, too conceited, but I have completed my bucket list uh, twice in the last 10 years. Everything that I've accomplished, everything we both accomplished in sales, has afforded us the opportunity to do a lot of things. Yep. Um, two years ago, actually, over the last 24 months, I've played Pebble Beach four times. Two of those times with my dad. That knocked off a whole bunch on my bucket yeah, list. No and I played all the other courses at Pebble. Um, I've played Kiowa West. I've played a lot of places. This year I'm going to Aaron Hills and Whistling Straits to where they just played the U.S. Open, where they're going to play the Ryder Cup in, in 24 months. Um, it's Golf is my number one hobby, and I, I do a lot of that. But I've brought my family overseas. I've done all those things I've done. If I had to pick a new one, I'll start a new bucket list, which I'm going to for 2018, I want to finish an Ironman. I'm a little jealous, but I want to go through that misery. Um, I think it's misery. That's that's, for sure. It's the one thing that I'm going to accomplish before I stop. It's great. I love it. And after you do one, you're going to want to do two. (laughs) It's just like the halves and and the fools we've done. You say, I'll never run another one of these and you're signing up before you go to bed that night. Yeah, of course. Sign of a good time. Uh, your most embarrassing work moment. Yeah. So this is with my partner at Sparkhound. Uh, before I was a partner at Sparkhound, I was a partner account manager at Microsoft. We were doing this big event in New Orleans. Actually, it was Baton Rouge. A bunch of partners coming together. He was going to be the elected new partner president of what's called the IMCP. And we were at this partner location. Their air conditioner had gone out, and it was burning up. There, I hadn't eaten all day. I was going, going, going. I hadn't eaten all day. It's probably seven, eight, nine years ago now. And... I, they had given me a small cup of Spanish peanuts. They have a little red skin on them, right? And that's all I had eaten all day. And a glass of water. And he was taking his place as the new president. He was accepting his award. He was wearing a light blue shirt, light royal blue shirt, which is going to be key. And I took this cup of uh, peanuts, and I ate a few peanuts. And one of those skins kind of got caught halfway <laughs> down. And I don't think I've heard I, this. I, I, needed to, I needed to wash that down, so yeah. I got a big old swig of water. And yeah. about the time it was fully in my mouth was the time that I had to cough that skin <laughs> out of my throat. So he's standing much closer than you are to me right now. I'll give him two feet from the front of the – one foot from the front of the table. And I went <laughs> – and literally spit an entire glass of water all over him in front of a room full of every partner in the state of Louisiana that works for or around Microsoft. And, and when you're the when you're the lead partner guy, yeah, I was the Microsoft guy. They're they're so easy on you. Oh yeah. I mean, I, mean, I don't think anyone ever mentioned it. Grace. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course. But the blue shirt that he had on, the spray that I yeah. created was so perfect. <laughs> it turned it became a light blue and a dark blue polka dot shirt. He was covered in my spit and saliva, and literally just kind of went like this. And said it's no big deal, and finished his speech. Uh, everybody laughed, but uh, oh, I don't think I've ever been that embarrassed in one moment before. I don't think I've heard that story. I love it. Okay, a couple it. other serious questions. I know we're we're running a little longer than we wanted to, but what's the best advice you've ever been given, Brian? 
Uh, it was by uh, Mike Porter, a guy you and I both worked for. Okay. Good guy. Great guy. Great guy. Cancer survivor himself. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, hope so, you're doing well, Mike. Yeah, hope you're doing well, Mike. Uh, Mike, Mike was uh, the most genuine, um, had the most genuine ability to give feedback in any circumstance. He would never hold back on giving feedback, and I loved it about him. Uh, so one of the things that he said to me, and he was, I it was, I was the, f- it was my first time as a as a business leader, first time as a as a people manager, working for him, and so he was giving me feedback all the time. Good stuff, the bad stuff. A lot more of the bad stuff than the good stuff. And one of his pieces of advice for, for me was that uh, feedback feedback's gift, and you have to accept that gift. <clears throat> sometimes you have to synthesize it down and measure the good and the bad of it. And sometimes that feedback's going to be wrapped up in uh, duct tape, and you're going to have to unravel that duct tape and take the good out of that. But just just recognize that it's a gift that you have to take advantage of. And was that, I think you've heard that, told that story to me before, the, yeah. the duct tape is... Not hard, not easy to pull away, right? So if someone wraps it up in the duct tape, obviously that's a negative analogy, right? They're, they've wrapped it all up. You're peeling back that onion. That's right. Because that maybe away. they're not good at delivering it right. or they're afraid to give you some challenging. So they give you this big ball, but you don't really know what's inside all yeah. that duct tape. And it might take them weeks or years to figure that out. And that, then it's no good. So yeah. I, I worked for Mike for a long time. I don't think he gave me that specific piece, but I can remember many times him giving me something I didn't necessarily like. Yeah, but appreciating I got it all the same. Yeah, right? so it, it's it's uh, the number one piece of feedback I give today, and uh, yeah, he's a great great boss. Next question: What do you stress about most as it relates to your work or your sales career? Um, I think, um, I think it's balancing. Uh, execution for me is everything is and, and that's every detail. And you'll hear about on the series as we go through these series and you and I will talk a lot about it. And the first one is around meeting preparation. So for me, it's um, sometimes I stress the details a little bit too much. Sometimes I need to take a little bit of a deep breath and kind of appreciate the moment more than I do. Yep. Okay. I yep. think we've all struggled with that, but I've yep. seen you there as well. And last question, what is the single repeated mistake that you see salespeople making with customers and or with their deals the most? Well, it ties back to that, the second question that you gave me. Um, but it's, it's about, um, we work so hard in these jobs. Like there are easier careers to take, you know, so, so much easier careers to take. They're not going to pay you anything. So, well, unless you become a doctor or a lawyer or something. So not not necessarily, not necessarily easier. That's for sure. I've got some, attorney friends and family, uh, there. So, um, and doctors for that matter too. Um, so it's challenging profession. You can pick an easier profession, but we work so hard to get, whether it's a first meeting or whether it's, uh, get an opportunity to a stage to, we get a proposal in front of them or a final presentation in front of them. And so the biggest reoccurring mistake I see account executives make is just the inadequate, uh, preparation for that. And, and it, in our first series is around meeting preparation. So that's a great first example of it. And we'll talk about how do, how do you get prepared for it. Um, and whether it's your territory plan, whether it's your final presentation, whatever it is, it's just about the necessary preparation it takes. Just investing a half an hour or an hour or a day, whatever it takes. And I haven't heard your answers to these questions. So I'll add a little color and say, yeah. could you boil that down to just complacency or is there something... Yeah, it's it's about being, and we talk about it a lot. It's about being average. Okay, it's, it's I think people yeah, I so. 
are content with not not everyone certainly not everyone we'll, we'll interview some people along the way that are certainly not average but i think um i think many people are content with kind of a good base salary and some good commission checks here and there and some good stock allocations i think many people are just satisfied with that satisfied with being average and if and if you're able to do that then you're you're better than me because i cannot manage that balance yeah there's nobody that uh, we'll be leading this podcast that can be balanced as an average. Yeah, this There's will no not way. be the podcast for you if, if just running a mediocre sales business like this, this, this pot, this entire podcast series will be a pain for you to listen to. So yeah, we'll talk about that more. But I'll yeah. go ahead and expand on that now. Like, yeah. if you're listening and you're hoping to um, be average or just above average, please turn off your favorite podcast player now and find another podcast to listen to. Um, we need you to listen. We want you to listen, but we are going to be we're going to be to the point and direct, and we're going to be blunt about how you become a better seller. Great, great. All right, I got three questions for you. All right, um, same ones? No, oh, different darn. ones. These are different. What personality trait or skill do you think contributes most to your success in sales? Tenacity is my yeah. number one. Agree with that. Um, I can. And if you're listening, the sales reps out there that have heard that in their one-on-ones for years <laughs> over time, be more tenacious. Tenacity is the thing. People are still so afraid to pick up the phone and call someone, to send a text and say, I need to talk to you, Mr. Customer. I mean, your campaign should be to help them. If it's just to help you, it's not a campaign that's going to be fruitful. Yeah. So be tenacious. And I think creating a territory plan and, and striving for that territory plan and not saying, I can't get there, it's too hard, it's not enough, is what's made me successful. I completely agree. Seeing it firsthand. Uh, what do you like about this profession? You could you could still be a cop right now. I could. Why this? I'd probably work a night shift still maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Why do this? I do think it's mostly really three things. And I didn't set this up, but it, it's the flexibility. You know, I have yeah. a lot of flexibility. Well, that's the truth. Um, if I want to cut out a little early and play golf – then I might be able to do that. But I got to be making my number. The guys that aren't making the number aren't able to do that. If I need to take my kids to the doctor, I can. I have that flexibility. And that's a game changer. If you want to be a tech seller, know that that's something you should be shooting for out in your future. Uh, the money has been great. Uh, as a law enforcement officer, I didn't make a lot. I was passionate about what I was doing. Um, ballpark, just for non-tech sellers out there, I have more retirement in the bank from the last three years than I would have in three years of full employment payment at yeah. that job where yeah. I was before. Um, now that's me choosing to contribute, but the flexibility to have that is yeah. massive. Yeah. And so the money is a big, big part of it. And then finally, I love to help people. I loved it when I was a cop. That was part of what drove me. Um, early days in tech selling, I was a teacher. I taught Thai tea classes. I did those things. I like to teach. I like to, to coach and I like to help people. And there's no more fun that I have than to really build a plan, a strategy for customer, walk them through that sales process, and have them buy my solution product and see them do better and have a better work-life balance themselves because of my, my solution set. Um, so helping customers is the third thing that keeps me in this profession. Great. Love it. Last question. Biggest challenge for sellers today? I think they're... Today, the same they were for my dad, who was a sales rep, mm. and they're going to be the same for our kids if they're sales reps. And that's, you know, there's never enough prospects that want to buy your stuff. 
There's never enough people that are just going to do it because it's in the yellow pages for you younger kids. That used to be a phone book we used. You know, there's no one's going to come screaming, I want to buy your stuff, right? And for all those reasons, sales is not easy. And people are paid well to be sellers if they get sales done. And I, it's, the, it's still the same biggest challenge to go find the customer, educate them, put yourself in their shoes, and get them to see why they should use your solution or product. Um, if it's not a good product, it's going to be a lot harder. I get that. I hear people sure. all the time say, I don't have a good product, so we'll just move your cheese. Go do something else. Yeah, but fix it. Yeah. At the same time, the challenges are still the same. The one thing that overcomes that challenge or has for me personally, and we'll talk about it in a lot of future episodes, is that tenacity. If there's not enough, I call more people. If there's not enough, I email more people. If there's not enough, I ask my friends to introduce me to more people. It is some science, some math, and then some tenacity will get you what you need. The challenges are always going to be there. Sellers are never going to find the silver bullet to take them away. Yeah, I agree. And it really it kind of leads us into the, the wrap-up for this. It, it, the second series we're going to cover is around territory planning. A lot of what you're talking about is very much to do with your territory plan and it's your we're, we're effectively entrepreneurs in a lot of ways. Um, and this is your business to run. And if your ice cream shop doesn't have enough customers coming in, what are you going to do to fix it? You're yeah. just going to sit around and put your hands on your hips and say, I don't have enough customers. Or are you going to, are you going to run your business? There's two options there. Do something yeah. and get, get successful yeah. or do nothing and fail. Yeah. And we, we're here talking hopefully to the do something people. Yeah. And yeah, no doubt. With that, tell us what's coming next, Brian. Tell yep. us what people can expect. So I, I teased the second one. So I'm going to go in reverse order here. The the second, really, we, we've broken up a number of topics into series. And each series is going to have three or four different episodes to it. The first series is going to be meeting prep. And uh, that will start next week. So every Monday, we'll have a new podcast dropping. And on this first podcast, uh, we're going to cover kind of the basics of, uh, you know, that first meeting, what kind of things you need to be thinking about for it. So we'll get really deep. We've got a lot of great deliverables that we'll be sharing with you. Um, and we'll be dropping those uh, throughout the week uh, following every podcast. Uh, the second series, which will commence in the February timeframe, will be around territory planning, as we've talked about. Uh, again, a number of kind of artifacts or deliverables that we'll be sharing with people. So uh, give us feedback, talk to us in between, say that you want this or, hey, it'd be great if you could change this on this form. We'd, we'd love your feedback. Uh, pretty much all this stuff's going to be free. It's just going to be stuff that uh, we've gained knowledge from other people that we've talked to and interviewed and worked with. So give us your feedback. Yeah, and I would say we, we've been working on this for a long time. Honestly, today's New Year's Day, 2018. We're excited to be here all the work we've been doing over the last six to nine months is coming to fruition and we don't know what everyone wants to hear about. So yeah. we really picked an eight, eight week strategy, these two series to start with. But if you have series ideas that will make you a better tech seller, please shoot them our way to info at Bobby and and we will take your feedback and we'll create new series. We'll have mid midweek podcasts on other things that come up. Uh, we got a bunch of little ideas. We'll, we'll record one offs here and there, but the series is the meat of what Bobby and Brian and the tech sales show is. Uh, so we look forward to hearing that feedback as well. How can people Great. follow us, find out more, subscribe, etc. Yep. So the website uh, will be the central point. It's Bobby and uh, podcast will be a great one. So the Texel show, um, and then both on Facebook and Twitter, it's Bobby Brian sells. You can find us that way. So okay. 
sign up to our mail list. We'd love to have you subscribe. We're not going to spam you, uh, but we'll be sending out the artifacts that way. We'll be sending updates on podcast releases and so forth. Perfect. And to wrap up, uh, you'll hear this a lot, but um, we truly believe average is the enemy. Don't be average. Tune in next week, January 8th, 2018, for episode one of series one, Impeccable First Meeting Preparation. With that, we're signing off. Yeah, thanks a lot.